everyone. Welcome back to the latest episode of the Writer's Haven. I'm your host, Musu of Musu Writes. Hope everyone is doing good. Um, I am really excited about today's episode and I just want to make sure that, um, you know, you guys are keeping up and that you guys are enjoying the show. So any feedback or anything you may have, um, please, you know, you can hit me up at hello at musuwrites.com. Um, Today's guest, I'm really excited. Uh, It's award-winning author J.D. Mason, and she's written over 20 books over the years, and that doesn't include her short stories. So she has a lot of good work out there, and um, some of them include This Fire Down in My Soul, On the Eighth Day She Rested, which is one of my personal favorites, Um, The Real Mrs. Price, which is also a good one, The Devil's No Friend of Mine. I mean, she has so many... Um, good books from different, she writes it from different views and she's just really dynamic with her writing. So when she agreed to come on the show, I was super excited because, you know, I'm aware of her work and I'm a fan. So I'm, you know, really excited to share our conversation with you guys. So I hope you enjoy it. And as always, please be sure to subscribe if you haven't subscribed already and go to musuwrites.com so that you can um, jump on that newsletter and get the latest updates and announcements that we have going on. And the show is available on podcasts on Podbean and iTunes. I'm mixing up words now. All right, thanks again, and hope you enjoy. All right, so welcome to the Writers Haven. Thank you so much um, again, and I'm really excited because I've read um, a couple of your books. Um, The first one was The Eighth Day, um, and then The Real Mrs. Price. I I really love that one. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's my favorite too. How long have you had your podcast? Um, I started, I think August will be a year. Oh, nice. Yes. Because I didn't even know it was out there, but I'm like, oh, this is cool. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So you were able to check out some of the episodes. Yeah, I checked out quite a few, like five of them. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, thank you. I I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to share the link too, because uh, I think it's cool. I think that we need more of those. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, just... That was one. That was the reason why I um, started it up. You know, just to create a platform for conversations like this. You know, you don't you don't get a lot of that. So yeah, went ahead and created it. So yeah, thank you again and welcome. Um, so we can start off by talking about you know your your writing journey, the beginning of your writing journey, and how you discovered or when you discovered your writing voice. Um, you know, like most people, like most writers, most of us, we've been writing our whole lives or making up stories our whole <laughs> lives. I mean, that was my thing is, you know, I've always made up stories. Um, and, um, as you know, even from a little kid. So growing up is one of those things I, I knew I wanted to do, but yeah, I just really did. It didn't seem realistic. It didn't seem like something I didn't know how to do. I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. There was nobody you could, you know, just confide in and get that guidance. So I was about, I think I was about 30, 31 years old Mm -hmm. when I decided I'm going to do this. I'm going to take it seriously. I'm going to try to learn how to write a book because I didn't go to college for anything like that. Mm -hmm. I just knew I liked reading books, but I didn't know how to write one. Right. And um, honestly, with Eighth Day, it took me about seven years to get it where it is now. Six years. I take that back. Six years to get it where it it ended up being. Hmm. that writing voice thing, it's an evolution. Yeah. You know, so from the beginning of writing eighth day to the six years later, that wasn't, that was the first evolution. Right. And so here I am 
I don't know, 16, 18 years later, um, my voice is, my writing voice is totally different than it was back then. Yeah. So, and hopefully in 10 years, it'll be different, even more different, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an evolution. It's a thing that as you, as you, you know, get more involved in it and, and have more experiences and try new things and um, read new things, you, it's, it should hopefully, it's one of those things that's, that, that is not stagnant. It's one of those things that should, grow with you that should yeah. change with you that should develop with you mm-hmm. and so as far as my writing voice goes um that really is it it's it's just an every ever evolving thing okay you know so so when you go back and look at your older your your older writings you know is it do you feel a certain type of way or do certain thoughts come to your mind yeah i cringe i cringe <laughs> it's, it's it's like you know and, and and the thing is i don't ever other than writing the books, which is a job, you know, it's writing your book. It's, it's fun, but it's a job. Mm-hmm. And then you go through the editing process. Yeah. That's a job. So you're reading it from a technical perspective for the most part, you know, you spend more time. I mean, the, the first draft and, and the second draft maybe are, are really more fun and you're telling the story and it's cool. But then from that point on, it becomes like work. Yeah. You read it from a technical standpoint and it's, and you're editing mm-hmm. and so you're not really reading it for enjoyment, right? And so right. after I get through where I'm at the final, final, and I'm done, and the book is ready to be published, I have never read any of my books from cover to cover. Interesting. Okay. And um, I had to, for the first time, I, I mean, I've read, I open up a, you know, ran, a random page and mm-hmm. read through like, oh, that was really good, or oh, that's ter- terrible, you know? <laughs> and with Eighth Day, because I wanted to write this sequel 20 years after I first wrote the book, Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't remember the story, so I had to go back, and I actually had to kind of read it, and I kind of skim read it. Yeah. But I actually had to read it, which was like nerve wracking. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, my styles has, has changed a lot since then, mm-hmm. but the essence of the story came back to me, and okay. that's that was everything. The essence of that book came back to me, and that that es- it's that essence that I think made it so popular. So that was still there. Yeah, but reading it was the first book that I've ever. I haven't read any of the others. Wow, that's so interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's just like you just know. It's like I'm gonna see a mistake. Somebody done missed something. I should have wrote this differently. And it's like I really don't want to see. And it just throws it all off. You might be reading it the first time, like oh that is so good. And you get to the second chapter, you see something, and it's just like oh no. And I was like I'm not reading that. I'm not reading. That. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you know how sometimes. At least I've heard it, you know, where you have to have, or people will joke about having this perfect space, you know, like a, by the, the fireplace, you know, with a cup of cocoa in order for you to get your writing juices flowing. Does that exist? Is no. there a perfect writing space? Okay. No, I, I was, you know, that's, I think that was one of the, the reasons I wanted to be a writer. You know, you see this writer sitting in this cabin or <laughs> in this beach house looking at this beautiful view writing and they have all day and they got their cup of tea and their coffee yep. and their wine. And life is perfect, and they're in their pajamas, and it's like, no. <laughs> right now, I'm in my bedroom because this is—I have a small apartment right now. You're moving to a house where I have a dedicated office. Um, but, um it's you know the perfect. The only thing you can do, I think, most writers, and and I've been doing this so long, you know, I've learned that um, to write just about anywhere, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I can write in airports, I can write in restaurants. If yep. I don't prefer to. 
And when I do write in those places, it's not very deep. It's just a, you know, top level writing or outlining or mm-hmm. something like that. But when I do have get into my zone, my space has to be void of any other physical person. Mm. I don't want another body in the room with me. It, it, their, their juju messes with my juju. And I don't want that energy in there. And they can be just sitting there being quiet. Yeah. It's just that fact that I know that they're there. Um, that is about the best that I can hope for. You know, um, I don't write with, you know, I, I use music as inspiration to pick up a vibe or, you know, set a, set a tone, but I can't write with music playing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, that, that perfect little author world is, I don't know. Yeah. That doesn't, that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Wish it was. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, writers in the beginning, in a way they, they overexert themselves by trying to, well, they think that exists and then they'll try to create that for themselves. And then it's reality like, will set in like, no girl. Like, no, that's, that's not worth it. If you want, if you, if you're waiting on that, you never going to get anything written, right? No. <laughs> you will never get anything written if that's what you're waiting for if that's what you think that that's good if you need that to inspire you mm-hmm. you know um i fired my muse a long time ago mm. like i don't need, i can't i don't i can't afford to wait on a muse you know people waiting and they're like well i'm not feeling inspired it's like well sometimes i don't have time to feel inspired or i don't mm-hmm. need to, I, don't, I, I hated that i hated waiting to feel inspired right and i learned early i learned over the last i don't know five years or so that the more I write, even when I don't feel like it, the easier writing becomes. Mm, that's the more I, yeah, the more I create, the easier creativity flows. Okay. It's like a muscle, you know. Mm. It, 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 it's like any muscle in the body. Your brain or your creativity is that muscle. And the more you exercise it, the stronger it is. And the less you have the weight to depend on a certain mood or a certain you know, a feeling or an environment and you can just like, you know, I got to, I, I've got to write mm-hmm. or I want to write and you can just, just pick up a pen or yeah. pull out your laptop and just get going. Okay. Yeah. It's very true. And so with your, your writing, um, you have so many different characters. They range, they have so many different dimensions, I should say to them. They're very dynamic. Is there one that sticks out that says, you know, Oh, this, I can relate to this one more than anyone else. Um, you know, there's, there's not, there's not one that I can relate to more. There's a character that I, I developed that surprised me more and that I am more, I think, fascinated by Mm. because the character took on his own arc and created something for himself that I didn't see coming. Okay. And I've never had that happen, right? You know, usually the writer, you're like in control or whatever. But this character, yeah. Jordan Gatewood, he started out in a book called Beautiful, Dirty, Rich. And he was a bad guy. And I wanted him to be a bad guy, the worst bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I knew that at the end of the three book series, I, I had, you know, he was going to die. <laughs> 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 I went into it knowing this, this dude's going to die. I know he's going to die. You know? And I wanted you to hate him. Okay. I want you to hate him. Mm-hmm. And I hated him. After that first book, I'm like, yeah, he's, I can't stand him. I want him dead. Wow. By the second book, something started to happen that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And I found myself feeling empathy for this dude and, mm-hmm. and actually getting more insight into him than I, I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. So all the motivations behind who he, and what he, who he was and what he had done, all those motivations 
all those things, those, 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 those aspects of his personality began to be explained. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, yeah, he's a bad guy, but okay. I, I kind of mm-hmm. understand why. Right. And then by that third book where he was supposed to die, <laughs> something happened that I didn't expect. And all of a sudden he was a hero. Wow. And it was the most beautiful evolution I'd ever seen in any character. Mm-hmm. And it was, and it was, it was surprising to me because I'm, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the author. Yeah. You know, but here, you know, I just, and I've, and I've learned, you know, let your characters, give them room, give them space to be who they're meant to be. Don't always feel like you got to drive. Right. I've done that and I've regretted it. And mm-hmm. I've learned, let, let, you know, just kind of leave the, leave that, that roadway open so that they can evolve and you just kind of hang on and let it see where they're going to go. Okay. And you always have a better story. You always have a better book. You always have better characters when you do that. So he just turned into something and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and um, I, think, I think he's the one I relate, I don't know if it's relate to or just, just most enamored with. Okay. Yeah, That's interesting. And the, the book that you say this character was in, what was the name of that book? The book is Beautiful, Dirty, Rich. Beautiful, Dirty, Rich. Okay. Yeah. And there were three books in that series, Beautiful, Dirty, Rich, Drop Dead, Gorgeous, and uh, crazy, sexy revenge. Mm. I've already told you what happens to him, so it ain't gonna be a surprise. Okay. Like, how, how it happens? How to him. exactly? How yeah. it happens? <laughs> it's be, I think it's really, it's really the most fascinating thing, anyways. How it wow. happens? Okay. So he, yeah, he really, he really surprised me, and he, um, he, 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 he just really surprised me, and I just, mm-hmm. I love that. It was, you know, being, being the writer. It's nice to be surprised. It's nice, yeah. you know, when you're exactly. telling a story, but you find out, wait a minute, I didn't even mm-hmm. know that was happening. That's, that's, right. that's exciting. It really is. It is. Yeah. yeah. And so I think the other thing, um, you know, with with what the kind of work you do, I, I don't think I've seen it before with other authors because they're easy. Other authors, for the most part, are easy to lock into one genre. I don't think I can do that <laughs> with your books. You know, your books seem to spread and span across different types of genres. Did you start out with the intention of being in one genre or, you know, can you talk about how that, how it evolved into different ones, different types? You know, if I was, if I was smart, I would have picked a genre and stuck with it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, writing 101, you know, know who you're writing for. <laughs> And I think I probably would have sold more books if I'd done that. I think um, I've never really, I've never really, because like I said, I'm not, I'm not really a scholar in, when it comes to writing. I'm not, you know, I don't, mm-hmm. I didn't go to school. I don't know anything about, I didn't know anything about anything when I came mm-hmm. into business. Um, but I never wrote with the idea of a genre in mind. You know, I really did not even know what that meant, to be honest. Wow. Um, I just wrote, I've always written. I just want to tell this particular story mm-hmm. and um, somebody else would lump it into the genre. So early on, my early works, I didn't even know what to, people would ask me, what genre you write in? I didn't really know what to tell them, except I write women's fiction or I write African-American women's fiction, mm-hmm. you know, and I just left it at that. I, I really didn't even know. I mean, like, that's pretty vague. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I just was writing stories that were relationship driven, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
and, and I didn't know what to call it. And so as time went on, um, I think beginning with maybe Beautiful Dirty Rich, it started to take on, I started to kind of like want to add a little more action. Yeah. You know, a little more mystery. And so mm-hmm. I wrote books that my publisher dubbed Romantic Suspense. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know that's what it was. I just was writing a story, <laughs> you know, these like really kind of like stories with this little things to them. And, yeah. And then here lately, I've been writing uh, fantasy. And that's because I've always loved fantasy. I love the movies. I love the books. I just never thought I could write them. Um, I didn't think I had the, the skill set to write them. Okay. And um, so, you know, I, I, I decided, why not? Just give it a shot. See what happens. So, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place with where that's concerned. But, you know, it's, it, again, it just comes down to just wanting to write the story, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever that story is. And my, my hope was always that maybe somebody who just wants a good story will pick this up and just read it. Because I'm, I, that's how I am. I mean, I like, I like, I don't have a particular genre I like to read in. I just mm-hmm. pick up the cover and see the back cover. It's like, ooh, that sounds good. And I'll pick, take that. You know? Right. So, okay. Wow. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I, I wish you would, you know, I wish um, that could be promoted more, you know, as far as publishing goes, because it seems like it's just so focused on, okay, okay, this is a romance author or this is a suspense author, but be, I think being multidimensional like that is really unique and something that, um, I don't know, maybe harder to pin down a core audience, but how would you um, describe your audience right now? If you could take a snapshot. You know, my audience, I mean, from my older books, um, you know, it's, 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 it's women, African-American women mostly mm-hmm. you know, that, that want to read those, those novels with the relationships and all that. Yeah. Putting down an audience for the fantasy stuff is harder for me because I don't have an audience for the fantasy mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I have some loyal readers who are willing to try it. And I've been pleasantly surprised that some of them actually do, you know, they don't read fantasy, but they've actually enjoyed mm-hmm. books. Yeah. So... And me, you know, not being in that, in that, that particular genre, I'm like trying to, I'm like fuddling around trying to figure out how yeah. do I find that, that reader? Where do I find that reader? They're there. They're definitely right. there. It's just um, trying to pinpoint and, and define that audience for myself has been yeah. a, a challenge. But it's, yeah. you know, the thing is, it's still, it's still fun. Mm-hmm. Being, being creative people, I just find, I find it more strange that writers don't step outside what they have been doing to yeah. try to do something different. It seems to me like if you're a creative person, you have that creative spirit, mm-hmm. you want to try something. Right. You want to do something else. And mm-hmm. if you fail, you fail. But I think that I don't understand why but more of them just stick to one thing and that's it. Right. You know? Exactly. So that would drive me crazy, I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I really like that um, about your work. So, um, the, the next question, I, I always think I always have this, this conversation with my editor. I don't know. I guess it, in a way it, it, it bugs me, you know, because when it comes to being represented as an author or a writer, um, I always have concerns about whether or not there is good or di- if the representation out there is diverse enough. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel that there's enough representation, not just in the day-to-day literary world, but you know, specifically for minority authors? Um, you know, it's, when I came into this business, you could count the number of commercially successful minority authors mm-hmm. on one hand, almost, or two, right? Um, 
the industry now is it's it's so with 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 self-publishing going up the way it is there's so many of us now there's tons mm -hmm. of us and fortunately for us we have figured out a way to make self-publishing work for us mm -hmm. because the industry itself still hasn't figured it out and when i came into this business back in the day i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> back to early 2000s mm -hmm. you know there were well, uh, there was this network and it was really it was really uh oh my gosh it was amazing mm -hmm. it was a network of black bookstores all across the country hundreds hundreds of them and mm -hmm. there were the um the black distributors mm -hmm. and the black book clubs ruled the literary world i mean they had publishers in new york city who knew their book club presidents by name mm -hmm. and who would call them up and say hey so-and-so's got a new book out Do you guys want to read it wow and it was just this, and they were a powerhouse. They really were a powerhouse. I mean, they, they moved books like you would not believe. And they supported hmm. us like you would not believe. And it was absolutely amazing. Wow. Well, publishers got a wind of, you know, all these black authors making all these sales, book sales, mm -hmm. um, self-published. And they had got wind of this industry and they started to sign us to contracts and stuff. Hmm. Um, but I don't but what you know then amazon comes along and and the oh whole yeah that yeah that's true bookstores felt went under and yeah you know but i don't think publishing has ever really known how to reach uh the black reader mm. and how to um promote us all of that stuff that was happening was really grassroots and it was really our little internal network that we had built for ourselves because we didn't have representation in the big, in the big industry. Hmm. And so now it's harder for us. It's a hard industry now, period, for yeah. everybody, not just black people, but it's hard for us because publishing still doesn't really know what to do. It's harder to reach readers. You would think it'd be easier with social media, but mm -hmm. it's actually harder. Hmm. because of algorithms and all that crap and you know yeah. stuff you know you might have 5000 followers on Facebook but only 100 of them are seeing your posts exactly so it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. right and so reaching readers now is not the same as like we had black expressions which mm -hmm. was that mail order book club and we wow. had so many other things that were ways mm -hmm. where readers had catalogs of what's new what's out black bookstores were like okay so and so's got new books coming out and they would mm. let everybody know publishers would let them know and now it's like how do you reach that audience it's yeah. not really defined anymore right it's not that we're not reading we're still reading in huge numbers mm -hmm. but reaching us is hard so i think the thing is with the whole industry is it's not represent it's representation it's it's them and i my editor you know at st martin's mcmillan's she told me we don't know how to do it we don't, wow. know how to, we don't know how to sell those books. Hmm. Um, and it's just, it's the truth. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that it's change. It may change. I just feel like we're, you know, as, as, as writers of colors and, and, and readers of color, we're, we're resilient yeah. and we will find a way. Right. So, and I think that's that it, it, you're kind of seeing it happen. Bookstores are starting to slowly open up again. Yeah. You know, and with, you know, and I'm glad you said that because with everything going on, um, I've seen, you know, interesting things that are available now that weren't available before. Um, you know, publishing companies are offering, you know, kind of, I think like services where minority writers can meet one-on-one -on -one with agents or editors, mm -hmm. see if they could get signed, things like that. You have that going on. Um, a bunch of li uh, different little things, but 
I, I just wonder how legit they are, you know, because if everything wasn't happening, that's happening out there now, would they be offering? Right. And I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think, like I said, I don't think they know how to sell. And I think that yeah. they're, you know, they're feeling good right now. They're trying to do the right thing. Yeah. But the issues are still there that they still have to figure out. Right. And because, mm-hmm. how are they going to do that? Exactly. And the other gripe with that is hopefully they'll, one thing that they will change is how they set up their, their layouts in the bookstore. Because it, for me, it never fails. When I go into a bookstore, they just have, they just shove, you know, the African-American writers in one corner, call it the, the urban books, you mm-hmm. know, corner. And that just really gets on my nerves yeah. because not every African-American writer writes urban stories. Exactly. So, exactly. but they think we do. They think that that's all. Yeah. And they think that's all readers want to read. Right. And that's not true. Exactly. You know, and so I think the thing is one thing that they can do, because publishers have been notorious for doing this for not just, you know, not just where where African-American writers are concerned or whatever, but what they do is they put their money behind the big names, Mm -hmm. right? When it comes to like releasing, if James Patterson comes out with a book or Stephen King comes out with Mm -hmm. a book, they put their money behind them in marketing. They don't need your money in marketing. They've got their name. Right. And then they have all the other little, 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 little writers behind, you know, that aren't those, mm-hmm. those big names. They get very little publicity money, very, mm-hmm. very little publicity time, very, very little publicity efforts. It's wow. like, okay, put that, take, take that money that you're putting behind a Stephen King, who, who's going to always sell books. Always. Yep. And take that and spread it out over the course of 50 authors mm-hmm. that nobody's ever heard of and push their books. Right. Exactly. You know, and they and that's what they need to do. And they don't that's one of the things I think that they need to do. Instead mm-hmm. of just like, you know, Stephen King is Stephen King is Stephen King. He'll sell books all day long. Mm-hmm. He's got movie deals, he got book deals, he got everything. Right. The rest of us need your help. So yeah. help exactly. Because, you know, and I'm not just saying this just to um, you know, kiss up or anything, but uh, you know, from what I've read with your books alone, I mean that alone they they alone and this could be like a really good TV show. <laughs> Or a good movie that, you know. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I've been doing this for a long time. I still ain't got one. <laughs> you know, because some of us are tired of watching reruns of House of Pain, you know. Yeah. Let's get some, some real content, you know, some fresh content. So, yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, you know, those, I think more of those opportunities, of course, they should be there. But hopefully... They'll... Well, you know, with Hulu's and the and the Netflixes and all yeah. that stuff, it's it's coming. I think it's starting to open up because you got so many different. You don't just have the the main TV networks like CBS, ABC, and you mm-hmm. know. Now you have more op, more of these little movie streaming networks True. popping up, and I yeah. think that that's another opportunity for things to open up for people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But shoot, everybody can put a movie on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If yeah. I knew how to film one, I think I'd just go out there and make one and say, here, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'll, I'll be front and center watching it. You know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be probably just me and you, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, you know, as far as um, sharing tips go, uh, you know, a lot of people come into the, the writing game with, you know, with certain expectations. Um, especially when it comes to, well, if they're dealing with sensitive issues like domestic violence and, and, and rape, um, it's kind of difficult to approach that, you know, and I think 
I speak for my, I definitely speak for myself when I say that because the, the story that I'm working on deals with some of those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so what tips can you share for those who may be going through the same thing as far as approaching that and developing their voice in writing those, about those the, types of things? The sensitive issues? Yes. Um, you know, it was for, for me with Eighth Day, because it dealt with domestic violence, I had never been in a situation like that. I'd never been in a relationship. And because of that, going into it, what, what I, I made up my mind early on that I was not, I wanted to not trivialize it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to write it for the sake of sensationalism. Yeah. Um, I didn't want, I, mean, I didn't, I didn't have personal experience with it. So I didn't want to, I didn't want people to see through that and say, she's obviously never been through this. So I focused most of that book, not on the domestic violence, but on the recovery Hmm. Or, or of this of this character on on the re, rebirth of this character, mm-hmm. um, and which I felt could be could, she could be recovering from anything, not just domestic violence. It could have been drug addiction or alcoholism right. or um, you know weight issues. It could have been anything. Mm-hmm. And so that I felt like okay, the spirit of that is pretty universal. So she's coming out of this fog. She's coming out of this, this terrible situation. Yeah. It just so happens for her to have been domestic violence. It could have been anything else. So let me focus on that. Put most of the emphasis of that story on that and less on the actual physical abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I've written some, some pretty, I mean, I've written, you know, some, some pretty horrific abusive things. And I, I always have to step back before I do and really contemplate is this necessary okay. because it's super hard to write mm-hmm. you know what i mean if you're yeah. writing you know what i mean it's it's, it's like, painful it is. It is. And, and you have to be raw with it exactly no other way no other way and so i always step back and say do what can is there a way to get around this right and without writing it and if i if i include it in the stories because it has to be it mm-hmm. has to be included mm-hmm. so um I would, my, my main thing is I, I've never written those scenes for the sake of just shock value. Yeah. I'm not doing this to shock anybody. I'm doing this because it's part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're writing these types of scenes, I would say definitely you want to come at it from an authentic place, not necessarily a personal experience authentic yeah. place, but a place where you allow yourself to step into somebody else's shoes and imagine what that may feel like, even if you've never been through it. What, what's the worst feeling that I can come up with? And, and, and you know, it's like, it's, it's not easy to do. No. <laughs> and um, I would say definitely come from a place from authenticity. You want to try to make it as authentic as you can, but you also want to be sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily just like I said, just not for sensationalism. This is, I mean, some people do, some people write these books and they, they want that violence. They, they write that yeah. violence. And, and I can't do it because I'm, I'm an empath for the most part. I feel this pain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that, that you need to come from a respectful place. Yeah. You know, um, respect people who may have gone through that. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I think you can tell the difference between someone who's doing it for sensationalism and someone who's doing it from an authentic place. I agree. Yeah. It just comes off as, um, I don't know, kind of like prepackaged, kind of tacky, you know, yeah. 
when someone is doing it for sensationalism. Exactly. And, and to me, it really, I mean, I really, like I said, I take some time beforehand. I mean, I always have to get to that point. It's like, okay, this is where this scene is going to happen. I'll stop. And I may, it may take me a couple of days to work up the courage to face this. Mm-hmm. And always, 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 I know when I got it right, when I finish and I'm drained or I'm in tears, or I'm in pain, you're not feeling exactly. it. Exactly. Huh. Um, and I think that when you feel it, the reader will feel it. Yeah, like you said, that's where they'll feel they'll feel the authenticity. They'll feel the respect. They'll feel feel the, the you know this 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 emotion that you 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 conjured in this scene. Um, if you if you you know you can do your research, um, you know online or ask people yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I think that's the best. You know that's if you got a firsthand account from somebody who's willing to share it, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but take your time. Be patient. Don't force it just be and be real with it and that 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 really is like you know we can all imagine we all have we are all capable of imagining what something could feel like yeah. you know? and not just necessarily physically right i think even more impactful than, than describing a physical scene mm-hmm. is describing the emotions yeah that that person the good the the per the victim and the victim victimizer that's right what are those emotions that they're feeling? Mm-hmm. If you focus on those emotions, that can sometimes, I think, in, I think always actually override the physical descriptions. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. And I, if I can say with on the eighth day without, you know, spoiling it for those who haven't read it, um, what you're describing now, you really see that with the main character. Okay. They went through this situation, but you're seeing, the after effects years down the road mm-hmm. with their friendships, you know, with their, their relationships, like the, the different things that just linger on that they're still trying to process. Exactly. And that's, and that's the truth. That's being authentic. It doesn't yeah. just go away because the, the abusers, the abuse is over. Right. You know, and, and just be, 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 you know, just, I think, I think that, and you, I think that that's important that you carry that theme or that, that, that the, the impact of that, yeah through that that person's life in that story that character's life in that story because it's just you know that then that's that goes with you know then you're not just dismissing you're being respectful of it mm-hmm. you're not just dismissing like oh that she's out of the relationship it's over it's like no it's not never over right so you know continue to see that impact in friendships mm-hmm. in relationships in everything yeah. it's it's always difficult it's never going to be easy right right so, so yeah yeah thank you for that because uh you know not just for me but i know there are other people who you know they they want to approach it you know in the most authentic way possible but they may not know how or you know if they ha- if it requires digging within themselves that can be a challenge you know yeah because so. if they're not ready to do to, to, to to be bare with themselves yeah you have to be and like i said even if it's not your experience you still have to be willing to, to, to that's right you know to go there yeah you're gonna go places definitely yep. yeah so as far as um current projects what what does miss jd have going on you know with covid and (laughs) all this stuff going on i i don't have a muse but i have i have hit a roadblock i just kind of like all of a sudden just stopped Mm -hmm. because everything's going on i think it's just i didn't think i would be impacted but i was Mm. i have been you know and Mm. just you know this everything going on distractions and yeah you know this new normal and trying to make sense of what's going on in the world so i um 
stop trying to force stuff but I have like all these all these projects I'm like okay I gotta do this I had like this plan right for 2020 to knock out like four five books <laughs> and now it's like I haven't written I mean I'm, I haven't I, I, I pick up and I dabble here and there in these stories that I, I know the stories I just haven't had yeah. the focus um, but I am working on um, I started a series of uh, books about dragons hmm um uh back in 2019 okay and i wrote i've written they were just little short novellas about i don't know 150 pages each um but it's a so it's a total series of nine books that i have planned i've only done four i was supposed to do three or four more this year okay but like i said i stalled but um it's it's cool story it's it's about um black dragons and the first Mm -hmm. it alternates between female dragons and male dragons Okay. And it's all building to this war. And these are modern day, you know, it's not really, it's not like Lord of the Rings type uh-huh. stuff. These are people that are living here now in this world, uh-huh. you know, just doing their thing. Yeah. And um, they are, uh, I'm not going to give away the whole story, but the, the, the female dragon series is the fire breathing series. Mm-hmm. And they have uh, to, they're, you know, they're at the point, each of these ladies is at the point where the dragon is getting ready to awaken. They don't know that they're dragon. They don't mm-hmm. know they have dragon spirits. Hmm. and um so these are really cool stories I've, i mean mm-hmm. the first one is set in modern day denver colorado the second one is set in uh rural louisiana back in the 60s it's a time travel wow. type thing but it's kind of cool the way it's done yeah and then i have the male dragons and they are the 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 answer the enemy's answer to the female dragon so there's supposed to be this big thing working up but it's really cool because like i said it's modern and everything. yeah it sounds like another tv show but hey. it's really good i think it'd be really good <laughs> tv show and then I'm working on a book called The Pearl of Dumpling. Mm-hmm. And it too is fantasy. Um, I can't give away too much on that because if I give you the, the premise, you'll know, you'll just be like, whoa, oh. I don't want nobody to steal it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is really, it's just, it's, a, it's an awesome story. And then I'm working on a, non, a non-fantasy story called Broken Glass. Mm-hmm. And it's a really amazing love triangle. It's one that I, I don't think anybody's going to, you know, and, and, and the thing about it is, it's not soap opera. She, at least it's not meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got some depth to it, which I always, I always want to have some depth. Right. <laughs> and there's another story I'm, I'm dabbling around with called The Ghost of Me. And, and then you read Mrs. Price. Mm-hmm. You remember Shushu? Yeah. Okay, I'm coming up with a series of, of again, novellas about 100, 150 pages long, okay. The Misadventures of Shushu. What? Yes, yeah, so I was going to have just little little stories that are just her stories. Now, she's she's blind. Yes. But Shushu has this thing, and I can say this. I think I'm going to go ahead and say it. Every seven years, her, her sight comes back since she was two when she lost her sight. And in those, in those every seven years, she has a little adventure. Wow, that's, yeah, that's going to be very interesting. That's going to be fun. Yeah, because she was a very interesting character. I loved yeah. her character. Me too. Everybody loves Shushu. And yeah. so that's going to be fun. And uh, that's it. I mean, I have, I'm just, like I said, I'm kind of all over the place right now because I'm mm-hmm. not really focused. But um, yeah. those are the stories that I have on my plate. And as soon as my brain gets unscrambled, <laughs> I think it's starting to unscramble. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, I just need to focus and get okay. something. So, now, those, you do short stories. You still do short stories. I still do some short stories. I, I, okay. I've got, lately I've been doing like all the novellas I've done, all the, no, all the books I've done with the exception of with, um, without a song to sing. That's the longest book I've published here Okay. lately, but 
lately I've been focusing on the short stories because I, I like that I can get them out quicker. Okay. Yeah. Cause I did, I also, I forgot to mention, I read Dirty Diana and that was, that oh, was that's awesome. really short. Yeah. I yeah. love that one. So that okay. Was, that was a good one too. I was thinking about expanding that, but I was like, I think I told the whole story in those 8,000 words. So I don't okay. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that was really good. Um, so as far as, you know, folks getting in contact with you, um, can you share how they can best reach you if they have questions or want to learn more about your work? Yeah, they can reach me at, um, I'm on Twitter at author JD Mason, mm-hmm. all one, all one word. Um, I'm on Instagram as JD Mason and, um, my website is, uh, JD Mason author.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think, and I, I, you can, can you reach out to me on my website? I don't know. But my, my email address is jdmason303 at gmail.com. <laughs> okay. I'm on, and then, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Facebook if you want to hit me up on Facebook. Okay. So. Um, and then I'll also include, you know, this in the show notes too. So. Okay. Um, they'll have it um, written out for them and all that good stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So thank you so much for, um, from co- for coming on. You know, I love having the conversation. Um, it's, I don't know, it's like, I like talking to authors, it's like, <laughs> you know, we just know what to talk about. <laughs> yeah. We know yeah. what questions to ask. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, cause I, you know, I, I, when, um, when another author comes on, you know, I make sure, Hey, this is going to be meaningful, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, because author to author, you know. So I'm, I'm kind of new, still kind of new with mine, but being that you're more seasoned, I wanted to make sure that. How long you been at it? Oh my goodness! And and the, before I answer that, when I talk to other authors, I feel a lot better because I have been writing this book forever. Uh-huh. But um, let's see. I started in. It's been about six years. I started okay. in 20, 2014. Yeah. And I did it as a novella. Mm-hmm. And when my now editor, she read the she read the the novella and she was like, no, this needs to be a full blown novel. Wow. Yeah. So that's how in, that's how interested, you know, it was to her. Interesting it was to her. So we've been we've been at it the past several years um, going back and forth. You know, sometimes it's it's hard or I'll take a break or you know, yeah. just life in general. But um, now we're at the point where um, we're, f- there's a full manuscript now. Okay. And we're, we're doing the, the final edits and then she's going to help me as far as learning how to pitch and all of that, because she is traditionally pub- published. Okay. So, so she knows a little bit of, she knows about both worlds, self-publishing and traditional publishing. Good, good, good. You got some good help there. Yeah. So it's much appreciated. And I've learned that she's, I've learned so much from her, so. That's nice. That's yeah, yeah. I wish I had that when I was coming up because I had nobody. And it's like, wow. when it's helpful. It's yeah. So, it's so wonderful. But it did. It took me about, about that long, too, to get a, okay. a, a manuscript. You know, it's your first one, so. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your first one. I don't know. Some people get lucky. They come out of the gate and it's like, oh, I just wrote a book. It's like, oh, really? Is that easy? Right. <laughs> Oh yeah. So yeah, I love having conversations like this. So if you know, I always tell my guests, if you know of other authors, you know, who would love to chat, please send them my way. You know, I'll be more than happy to, you know, have them on and to, okay. to learn more about them. Okay. I got, I got like quite a few I know. Okay. Yeah. That'll be great. Okay. Yeah.
right. And thank you. And did you have like, I'm, I'm being so selfish now. When you listened to the other episodes, were, was there a, one that stuck out or a favorite of yours? Mm. Yeah, I can't think off the top of my head right now. Um, okay. I like that one. The one you sent me the link to, but there was another one. Because mm-hmm. you had like some really interesting topics, not just writing. Yeah, yeah. Really? I try to highlight, really? yeah, different things. Yeah, because yeah, wasn't there one on um the one with the um financial? Yeah, um, oh. it was an entrepreneurial spotlight, and um, he was talking about uh, what was it? Helping out the small businesses. Yeah, I mean, so I like stuff like that. It's like you guys, you have like more than just the writing thing, and yeah. I like that. Oh. And I have I have a lady that you might really want to consider having on. She is a marketing guru. She's called the book. She calls the book whisperer. You know you know Melena Kai. No, I don't know her. Okay, um, she is she is um, a wealth of information mm. when it comes to things like um, writing and marketing and editing and all this stuff. She's like all over the place, but she's very good at what she does. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'll um, give her your information. Okay. Because she's really dynamic. You really like her. Oh, okay. And there's a whole squad of people that work with her that you might mm-hmm. pull from too at various levels of their career. Brand new, mm-hmm. brand, brand, brand new, writing their first books. And uh, she's written a, she's, she uh, headed up a project. Go on Amazon and check it out called Kings of the Castle. Okay. Kings of the Castle. Yeah. And it's a whole series they put out late last year. And they're going to, she's building a whole franchise around that that series. So the next one is uh, King is a, Kings of Dur- Derubia or something like that. Oh, okay. And so it's some interracial romance. Nice. Um, but it's really cool. It's a cool, cool concept. So,